0: Hey everybody and welcome to That Will Never Work. This week my guest on the show is fashion and portrait photographer Sophie Elgert. She's worked with major celebrities like Kendall and Kylie Jenner, brands like Adidas and magazines including Rolling Stone and Teen Vogue. She's even been a judge on Miss USA. But how do you scale your accomplishments when your business is essentially you? Well Sophie thinks she's found her solution in her new company ClickHouse New York. Her goal? to be a dry bar for headshots. She's had success so far with her New York pop-ups, but how does she turn this into a repeatable, scalable business? Well, that's what we're gonna discuss with her today. Hi, I'm Mark Randolph, co-founder of Netflix and six other companies. Over the years, I've heard that will never work, thousands of times, but I've learned there are things we all can do to increase the chances that they will. So join me for That Will Never Work. So, Sophie, welcome to That Will Never Work. I'm really excited to have you on because I think you're going to be talking about a category that I really have almost no background or experience in. So why don't we just start it off with you kind of giving me a sense about what it is you do, what you're working on, and maybe leading right into what I can help you with.
1: Great. Um, First of all, I'm so excited to be here. I listen to your podcast all the time. And when I applied, I thought there was no world in which I would ever get to talk to you. So this is a dream. So thank you. I am Sophie. I'm a fashion and portrait photographer. I'm based in New York. I shoot usually celebrities and or fashion spreads for magazines and I shoot campaigns for brands. And that's been my work for the past 10 years. So within that 10 years, I've also gotten a lot of questions from people. Where should I get my headshot done? You know, it's not necessarily from like the actor or celebrity. It's more from people that are you know, they're in business and they're looking for a new headshot for their LinkedIn or it's companies who are looking to bring in a photographer. And I've gotten this question over and over. And finally, a few years ago, I decided that I should create a solution for it, kind of like a dry bar for headshots. And so that's kind of where I am. And so I've started it up. It's called ClickHouse.
0: So before we get into what ClickHouse is, why don't you help us out with what a headshot is?
1: So a headshot is a, a professional portrait or a portrait, you know, depending on what your industry is, something that represents you. You should look like yourself and it should be representative of you and your work.
0: Okay. So now I have to take advantage of the fact that I actually am getting a moment with a professional photographer who works with people all the time. So I'm going to show you the headshot that <laughs> I use all the time. Okay. And I'd love you to just give me two seconds about your professional opinion about, uh, Good, bad or ugly
1: I love it, put it, putting me on the spot, I love it, yes,
0: indeed, of course I am. Hold on one second. Here it is in all its splendor. This is the Mark Randolph headshot. What do you think?
1: So first of all, I love the natural light it and it I love that it looks so candid, like you're sitting in a way where you just look relaxed, you know you're definitely approachable. um I love the colors in it too, I feel like. The blue in the background, it's a nice pop of color and, you know, you're wearing the blue shirt to match and, and the expression on your face actually is, it's like, you're not too smiley, but you're definitely still friendly, which is always a good thing, you know?
0: That's, that's what I go for. Go be smiley, but not too friendly. It's
1: it's the perfect in between. It's the perfect in between. I like it.
0: Oh, uh, that's great. Well, thank you. It gives me a little bit of confidence that I'm not uh, blasting something all over the place that's turning people off.
1: Approved. Approved.
0: <laughs> okay. So you began thinking about doing something um, in with the headshot mm-hmm. business, and I think you even said something similar about it's almost like a dry bar type of thing. So tell me yeah. what you mean by that.
1: So dry bar is is where people can go and get their hair blow dried and sort of styled. Um, In a way that, you know, people maybe used to go more to to individual salons, but they kind of created a solution where it was, it's kind of like Starbucks, like, you know what you're going to get. So it's a trusted solution. It's not the most expensive solution, but it's high quality and it's consistent. And, you know, if you go to a Starbucks, you know, you're going to get a coffee that you you like. Right. So I think it's kind of like that.
0: So before I react to this. (laughs) Tell me what it is that you specifically would like to maybe talk about so I can direct some of my thoughts.
1: So I've seen that the concept is getting good reaction. People want it. However, one of my goals with it is to keep the pricing affordable because I want it to be accessible to most everyone. So I've been doing pop-up models and I'm running into the issue that I have to have 15 or more people at each pop-up, which is, you know, throughout the day in order to keep the pricing what it is which isn't a problem to fill. However, I get a lot of other requests from people who say, oh, I'm at a company and we have two or three people. We want you to do our headshots. Or I have an individual like I need my headshot done, but I need it done you know, on Friday. So that's really my main problem is like, do I tier the pricing or do I just like stick to my offering for now? I'm running into trouble there.
0: So when you call them a pop-up What does that mean? Does does that mean that you take over a storefront in a mall for a day? Exactly.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I try to do it with like locations around right now New York, but I've had interest for actually other cities already and sort of using like a vacant space is ideal and or, you know, a co-working space that has a conference room is another thought that I've had, you know, just spaces that are available and that are convenient for people.
0: And just to give me some perspective on this business, so let's say, let's pretend that I was like a big celebrity and I had a big Hollywood budget behind me. How much would someone pay for that level of headshot? I imagine in the thousands or tens of thousands of dollars.
1: So a lot of celebrities, like they get their stuff for free because the magazine, you know, they're being shot for (laughs) magazines, like, you know, ironically. But it's more like CEOs. So if CEOs for, for a company are photographed, you know, they'll pay thousands of dollars for the headshot, which is great. But like not that many people can afford that when these CEOs and or celebrities, you know, regardless or not, if they're paying, are getting photographed, they have the whole team there. They have hair and makeup. They have a stylist. You know, they, it's, it's well done, right? Like the images are post-produced. If other people get that, why can't everyone get that?
0: And what in in this pop-up model does it cost for someone to get that?
1: So it's $195 for your session. Um, It includes hair and makeup, which, yes, is both for men and women because hair and makeup also equals grooming. Like you come in and you're sweaty and, you know, you have shine or you need just different things, like kind of to get you your best camera self, like ready. So you have hair and makeup on set and then it also includes you know, obviously the session, and then it includes one final retouched image, and you can also buy more images.
0: Fantastic, so this is within the reach of anybody for about the price of 20 uh, lattes, since they seem to, (laughs) these days, translate how much uh, everything is based on the price of a cup (laughs) of coffee. All right, so let me give you a quick thought. So the challenge of any business, and I can think of very, very few exceptions, is that you basically have this model where you have to find a customer. And in some cases, it's easy. some cases, it's hard. In some cases, it's word of mouth or it's viral or you're doing paid acquisition. But in some way, it's always hard to get someone to be a customer of yours. And you, of course, have the benefit that you're not charging a tremendous amount, but you still are going to have customer acquisition costs, especially if you're really trying to scale this right. beyond just what the organic demand is. And what most businesses learn pretty quickly is that it's a much, much better model if you can acquire the customer once and have them remain a customer many, 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 many times. Now, for those of you who actually have ever seen a picture of me or seen that famous headshot, you quickly will intuit the fact that I've never been to a dry bar. In fact, um, I don't think I've been to a barber in uh, 15 or 20 years. So, but I'm going to go out on a limb here that when you go to a dry bar, that usually once you go once, most likely you go every X weeks or every month or so. In other words, once they figure out, they promoted the fact that we are here, here are our hours, you can trust us to do a decent job, that that person now becomes a customer for quite a number of years. So it's acquire once, use once. Now, I'm going to go out another limb here. Um, and guess that that probably is not the behavior with an individual headshot customer.
1: Right, that is true. Because people don't need a headshot all the time.
0: It's a one and done sort of thing. Right,
1: for a couple of years at least.
0: So right off the bat, you're going to have some structural business model problems, which is that you've got $195 gross revenue minus whatever costs you have, then minus your customer acquisition cost, then you're down at a pretty low number. And in fact, it's not that customer acquisition cost is a set number, but customer acquisition cost scales usually to what's left. And that you might say, oh, wow, after I look at all this and look at what I would like my gross margins to be, you know, and maybe you want it to be 50% or something like that, you go, I've only got $5 per customer left for acquisition. Right, And that's going to limit you quite a bit. So my first sense is that you've got to, first of all, address that structural imbalance of the fact that you have a one and done model when you're working with an individual customer, like you're talking about. So there's a couple ways to address that. And we'll go into, I'll give you two quick starts down two different paths. And then we can kind of discuss each one of them, depending upon which one of them you think sounds more interesting. So the first is you go, okay, I've got to live with uh, $7.25 of customer acquisition cost. Then that leads you down to beginning to say, okay, time to get clever and creative. And usually that involves either getting free media or it involves driving some huge level of virality where since one person comes in and doesn't come back, well, they need to at least bring 1.1% more people in after them somehow. Right. And then you begin playing with all the techniques you can use to begin driving virality. If you say, no, I can't do it for this price, then you need to begin driving your organic traffic, and which means you begin focusing really heavily on how you begin to use public relations and how you begin to use social media right. and how you begin all using the tools that you're probably a familiar with already about how to get the word out there in the most cost-effective way possible. Yeah. And there's lots of techniques there, but that's that's certainly a direction we sh- could talk about if you say, no, I love the idea of being the Starbucks of headshots where you only buy one cup of coffee in your entire life. The other way, and you touched on this as well, is you redefine what a customer is. And it occurs to me that there probably, if you'd redefined the customer, then there is repeat business. So if the customer is the CEO, right? well, she's only going to get it done once every three or four years. If the customer is General Motors Corporation,
1: mm-hmm.
0: well, that customer could be a big customer of yours in every city in the world for a lifetime. Right. And once you begin to change that, then you go, wow, the value to me of landing a customer is not $195, it's $195,000 a year. And in fact, the lifetime value, usually the average lasts seven years, now you're talking $1.4 million lifetime value for a customer. Right. Well, now it might make sense to spend $100,000 landing that customer. So I've purposely split this into two, which is clearly one's a very high level business to business and one's a very, very low level individual consumer one. And part of the skill of you being a business person is saying, I have this product, where do I want my product to land on that model? And I'll let you get a word in edgewise in about 60 seconds, but I'll say that sometimes you may not even know. And part of it is figuring that out, not by going back and sitting there like with a Rodin's thinker and stroking your chin and worrying about it, but by trying a bunch of things. I mean, for example, the company that I did after Netflix, which is Looker, which is a data analytics product. We envisioned that as being an end user product, that this would be entirely self-service on the web. You'd come in, you'd pick whether you wanted the $49 a month or $99 a month or $79 a month best value. You click and that would be it. And unfortunately, the product didn't want to be that. The product wanted to be a $49,000 a month product. I mean, now, you know, almost a, several hundred thousand dollar a month product, which meant that on one hand, wow, we could push our customer acquisition costs way up. But on the other hand, it meant that we now had to hire men and women who carried little briefcases and actually had plane tickets and all those things. And that it took us six months to land a customer. But that's what the product wanted to be. And you figure that out. So do you have a sense of which direction you intuitively feel the, is the direction to go?
1: So I was trying to do both. I've, I've gone into some, I know, <laughs> I've, tr- I've gone into some companies, um, like law firms and um, some financial companies and done, you know, their headshots for their employees like with the idea that, you know, every time they onboard someone new or, you know, someone it's like a few years later and someone needs a new headshot, it's a kind of recurring business. And then like my ideal would be to have like a subscription type model with huge businesses, like you said, and have them, you know, once a month or every two weeks as they're onboarding, or there's new classes of analysts coming in, you know, shooting all of their headshots. But I guess to consumer was also important because those are people I'm getting requests from. So like, what do I do with them? You know, do I just say, sorry, we don't do it for you? Or does it like help the brand and make it kind of, like um, a cool brand that then companies say, oh, everyone's using this, like we should also bring them in as our sort of go-to headshot brand.
0: I like that idea to the point that you can make that work. I mean, certainly if people are clamoring, yeah, fantastic. Figure out a way to make that a repeatable, scalable model. It's probably not a repeatable, scalable model. If you say, I'm going to fly to Chicago and I'm going to rent out a space and I'm going to have to come in early and set up my screens and the lights, and then I'm going to do 15 people. Right. I've actually had, for the first time ever, had like bespoke suit made for myself in like uh, in Hong Kong. That's cool. fits amazingly. Yeah. But, and not that I ever wear it, but it's kind of cool. But what I now see they do is they'll send me an email and say, hey, I'm going to be in San Francisco. Yeah. Uh, we're here for a week. Smart. And do you want to make an appointment and come in and maybe pick out some more shirts or get measured in case you've uh, put on the COVID <laughs> twenty or whatever it is? And and so in other words, you could build a model that, for example, says that I do it that way, which is basically I'm here for a certain period of time. It's predictable, um, and that you begin to build this backlog where you can then begin to automate the sign up, the time slots, the capturing of the money. Maybe you can even go so that you can begin doing them every uh, 15 minutes rather than every 60 minutes. I mean, there's all kinds of different ways to play with that model. But I also like what you said. That you begin to think about this as some kind of a loss leader, some kind of an acquisition tool in and of itself. I mean, I, I was thinking that, you know, again, I, not to get all tactical on you since I don't really understand the business that well, but to the degree that you can offer, for example, hey, I'll come in and shoot... For free, you at General Motors, all your monthly new onboards, but it's just going to be a badge photo. You know, it's going to be or something that they goes on the website, but it's not the full headshot. With the understanding that then, every time they do need one of the executive photos or the next level up, that they think of you and you get your foot in the door. I don't know. How I would think about it is this: Can I make this into something which is repeatable and scalable? That should be your definition when you're saying, this is not be, oh, I've got a bunch of people who are calling and want their shots. The answer to that is, no, I'm sorry, I'm focusing on this other business. Right. But if you can say, the business I want to focus on is how to make this commoditized headshot business repeatable and scalable, I think that's interesting. When I say repeatable and scalable, I'm expecting you to have solved this full spectrum of what repeatable and scalable means, which is that you've figured out a way to fill your book for those days or weeks that you're going to be in a certain location without you having to be on the phone saying, "I've got an eleven o'clock for you." right But that you begin to find some product you know that 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 is meant for that. People are paying for it automatically. You focus on the value-added pieces of the photography, which means you don't do makeup and you don't do styling. And if someone comes in sweaty, well, then they're going to look sweaty. But in other words, you begin feeling out how to make the acquisition of customers repeatable and scalable, how you can make it so you can be much more efficient in a day of how many you do, Mm -hmm. and how you can convert in a repeatable, scalable way all the people who get their shots done into either repeat services or add-on services, You could
1: add on styling and and you could add on the hair and makeup and stuff like that. Yes,
0: exactly. Make the price of the photo $100. Right. And then say this, this, this. And you end up making $225 average because of all the add-ons. Right. Or it's all post-production. We'll Photoshop you uh, on vacation. Whatever you think people might go for, that you can find ways that once you've acquired a customer you've maximized the revenue that you take from them. These are all the same thing, which is stop thinking about it. Oh, I've got someone who wants it. I'm going to do it. But take that as very strong evidence there might be a there there and begin to think, how do I convert this into a business? And if it's not repeatable and scalable, especially, I mean, if you were an architect and you were charging, you know, forty fifty thousand dollars $50,000 per commission, yeah, you can afford to do a one-off. You've got to make it, to what McDonald's has done and what Starbucks has done is basically have this playbook and here's how it works.
1: I don't think the consumer business then makes sense because there's only so many headshots that somebody needs. Like regardless of the add-ons, I think it then ends up being a, it, it has to go to the businesses, right?
0: That's my instinct that I would define the customer as not as an individual because they are one and done, The customer is someone who's repeat and that also gives you this real clarity on who your customer has to be so when um when mark's travel agency calls up and your first question is how many employees are there and we go six uh no i don't know what the average turnover is in a company these days with seven percent ten percent and so you have to figure out what's the average company size that's going to have sufficient turnover that they generate sufficient business for you to invest the time to acquire that customer, if you go that way. I'm at heart a consumer marketing guy, so I'm always drawn to that. Me
1: too. I um, love And I yeah.
0: wouldn't necessarily... Yeah, isn't it cool? I, I wouldn't necessarily walk away from the idea of, can I figure out how to do headshots for the masses? But your big problem here is that if I'm only going to get one and done, I can solve that two ways. I either drive the price point, the average price point way up. Average price point doesn't mean that I, I've never gotten mean versus median correct. <laughs> but in other words, you can have most people paying 150 as long as a few people pay 1,000. But you can do it one way is by using add-ons to say, when I acquire a customer, I now make X from it it maybe you should challenge yourself over the next few weeks to begin saying if i've gotten someone to have me do their headshot what else might they want me to do for them
1: yeah that's interesting
0: and and another one or corollary you got me going on this one too is that um, a lot of times you can sell that name to somebody else which is a fairly common model in certain businesses that are one and done in other words that if you identified that someone was getting married Right, that lead hugely valuable to the whole wedding services industry, which is so eager to extract their share of what's turned into a ridiculously expensive proposition. Right. same thing. Uh, you know, one of the companies that I'm working with, real estate tech, and uh, you know, the value of finding out that someone's about to buy a house or about to sell a house is hugely positive. So you might ask yourself, what does this signify? Is this someone starting a new job? Is this someone moving to a new city? Could they be looking for an apartment? Could they want to buy new furniture? Could they you know, you get the idea. Yeah. Maybe you, maybe you, this is a lead for a custom tailor and I have someone I can refer you to in Hong Kong who might <laughs> yeah,
1: full circle.
0: Do great things for you.
1: No, I I think that makes sense. But what about like does the consumer if if I did the consumer side of it just to sort of develop the brand, would that make sense? Would that be something like if I did, you know, x amount of pop-ups just to kind of keep it like a go-to place that way would this they all be easier to a business? I don't know.
0: Sophie, I on the prize. <laughs> so I am fine if you do that, but you better know why you're doing it. And if you're doing it because you've got a soft spot in my heart and this person <laughs> has an addition or they're just, you're a sucker.
1: Yeah, I am.
0: If you are saying, no, I've found that for every 30 40 of these I do it's a lead into a company that converts fantastic but you don't just do it on this vague sense of I think it's good for the brand
1: now you're seeing my like non-business side come out my photographer side I'm like (laughs) oh it's a nice-looking brand you know
0: you're an artist I understand but I want you to be an analytic artist which is really begin to, to track of these 50 people that you do these shots for because they ask for it, follow up and say, what is this for? Is it for a studio? Can you introduce me to the person at the studio? Oh, is it a company? Can you introduce me to the head of HR? What do you get in this headshot? In other words, you begin to realize I'm doing these because they're my lead acquisition for my real business. And that if that works, if you go, this is an amazing lead gen, not only does it allow you indulge your, your soft spot for uh, the uh, broke, starving artist, it ends up being a really clever way to drive the rest of your business and to have this really, really effective channel. Because now it's not, I have to make money on this. Now this is lead acquisition. Now I can spend money on it. I can lose money on it. The numbers will, will set you free. Once you uh once you get the permission and see what what works and what doesn't work. Are the discipline to know what to do and what not to do.
1: Yeah. No, I like that. That makes sense.
0: Yeah, I think you have a lot of interesting directions. And I, I would you encourage you, you don't you, you don't know enough yet, is my opinion. And so keep trying. Try see what it takes to land a few bigger customers like you already have. Uh play with customers of different sizes. Pick a big company, you know, that is significant in size. And find out how hard it is for you to get your foot in the door and how long it takes to close it. And can you close it? What does it take? Because that'll give you a sense of whether that's a doable business or not. And then at the same time, focus a little bit on your end user business and say, is there a way for me to make this repeatable, scalable? Can I get my acquisition costs down? Can I get my average revenue per customer up? And then maybe explore the hybrid, which is, can I use this as a lead generation for the other? And I think you'll learn so much if you begin thinking about it that way.
1: Yeah. No, I like that. That makes sense.
0: So, uh, does this help at all, or does this just confuse you?
1: Yeah. No, it's really helpful. I guess now the next question is, how do you land what like a big business like that? You know, like how do you get in there? Do you go through like HR, or what's sort of the typical? You mentioned, you know, now there are plane tickets and people with briefcases, and you know, well, what like for me, what does that sort of look like?
0: So the bad news is you have to figure that out yourself. Okay. I'm not kidding. I mean, for example, the worst thing you want to do is scale something before you understand it. And so many companies get in trouble with that. They go, oh, to land big clients, let's see, I need sales development reps and I need, they pass leads on to salespeople, but they don't yet know how. It's going to be sold. They don't know what the right product is. They don't know what the right pricing is. They don't know any of those things. And so as a result, they go down this path of building something before they understand it. And unfortunately, that means that you have to, like we did at Looker, we went up and sold. And I'm not a salesperson. I'm terrible. But you very quickly begin to realize oh, the person who's making the decision is not this person. This category of person. It's this category of person. Got it. And oh my gosh, the problem I'm solving is not the one I thought I'd be solving. It's this one. Right. And you're only doing that by sitting down with people and by getting the door slammed in your face and by getting people to not respond to your emails. And what city are you in New York? That, I'm in New York, that, yeah. Yeah. You, you that's the most target rich environment in the world. Every single building has a hundred different possible prospects for you Mm -hmm. and just a matter of now starting to say what being creative and going how can i approach this let's try some hr try some ir investor relations okay try some i don't know you know the security person if they're doing badges and in fact if you do you do your individual ones they're just sitting there grinning so ask them a bunch of questions yeah you know, where, where do you work? Um, what's this for? How's it going to be used? Who's paying for it? I mean, suck up that information and you'll see. It'll take a bunch to develop a pattern, but I promise if you do enough, patterns will emerge without you even trying. And you'll, you'll stumble on something. You'll intuitively know what works and what doesn't. You'll stumble on one where they go, oh my gosh, thank God you called. And you go, oh my God, of course, the art department.
1: Right, right. So just start, just start somewhere and just, start doing it and then you'll sort of learn from there.
0: Oh, that that sentence right there. I'm gonna record that <laughs> and I'm gonna play that back for every time an entrepreneur goes, what do I do next? Start, we'll figure it out from there.
1: That's great advice. There
0: you go. I think I can't think of a better way to end this, Sophie, than leaving you with that. That is the key to all your problems.
1: Thank you.
0: <laughs> You're lucky, you, you have the raw talent and you have the product. I think this is gonna be awesome.
1: Thank you so much for all the advice. I'm really excited to try it out and see where it goes.
0: All right. So in about six months or so, we're going to follow up and you're going to give me the quick rundown on what worked and what didn't work. Hopefully you've stumbled on this repeatable, scalable business model that every entrepreneur is looking for. And then off you go.
1: Thank you so much. I really appreciate it again. You're having me on.
0: Thanks for joining me, Sophie. Good luck. All
1: right. Thanks.
0: I love the ClickHouse New York concept and I'm actually pretty eager to see what Sophie does with the advice I gave her. And next time I need a headshot, well, who knows, maybe it'll be with ClickHouse, New York. If you liked what you heard today, take a minute to subscribe so you don't miss a single weekly episode. If you've got a business problem you're struggling with and would like to join me on the show, simply come to markrandolph.com forward slash guest to apply. And while you're there, add yourself to my mailing list. So you're up to date on all my news and entrepreneurial tips. And finally, if a 30 minute podcast is just too much, I share all my hints and tips in more easily digestible nuggets on Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and yes, even TikTok. You'll find links to all this stuff, plus my blogs and other writing on markrandolph.com. Check it out. Thanks again for listening and see you all next week.